What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Wildlife Control Podcast. On this episode, I talked to one of our senior salespeople who it was the first salesperson I ever hired for First Coast Wildlife Services in 2015 and kind of just explains Scott's journey with us, um, his transition from a small wildlife business with First Coast Wildlife to growing First Coast Wildlife to a multi-million dollar business. And then finally us selling his branch uh, along with a few others from First Coast Wildlife over to McCall earlier this year and and kind of the the afterlife of that acquisition. Um, Hope you really enjoyed it. Scott's extremely talented when it comes to the sales industry, uh, specifically wildlife control and pest control, but he's just a great all-around salesperson. And I think you'll find uh, some great pointers from this. So enjoy it. So thank you for joining me right now for lunch. Um, uh, We are in Clearwater Beach on a little vacation slash work trip. Um, Every year we try and take our top salesperson on a on a trip, um, and Scott, who ran First Coast Wildlife Services, he's the top or didn't run it, but as a salesperson, definitely ran it. Uh, top salesperson last year and consecutively Every since year before. 2015. <laughs> uh, well, now I'd say 2016. So 20. So you started working with us in 2015, um, September 2015, and then. 2016 kicked butt. 2017 almost got beat, but you kicked butt. Yeah, almost doesn't count unless you're playing horseshoes and hang aids. <laughs> That's right. And then obviously 2018, uh, you kicked butt. So, uh, how long have you been doing sales? Um, so I am 63 years old, and basically. My understanding is, is if you want anything in life, at any time in life, you've got to sell it in order to get it. So I've been in sales for 63 years, but professionally for 45 years. (laughs) Right. Well, yeah, I always say, you know, sales can be used in any area of your life. Absolutely. You know, it's, it, it really can benefit your entire life. Sure. By having that ability to negotiate and um, try and get what you want within reason as long as you're not hurting anyone sure. in the process. Yeah, and if you are, then shame on you. So just so people understand, so in 20, 2015, um, we I made the decision. I was like, hey, we got to do something. We got to get – I can't be the salesperson. I can't be the guy to sell everything. And grow my business at the same time. Otherwise, I'm I'm going to be working, you know, 200 hours a week, and there's not even 200 hours in a week. So, I, I realized I need to delegate some of the things that I was doing to grow the business. And I then was like, I got to find a salesperson. So I was referred to Scott by um, Quantum Pest Control, which I guess there was some. 
relationship that we, you guys, had some relationship with Quantum? I've got a relationship with numerous pest controls that didn't do what I did, and they always reached out to me. Yeah. So, anyways, they Nathan, the um, Steve's son at Quantum Pest in Jacksonville, he knew me and knew I was super motivated and trying to grow, and he called me up. He's like, hey, this guy Scott is a good salesperson. We're not trying to hire a salesperson right now. Um, they're content with where they were, and uh, I needed a salesperson. Uh, I needed a salesperson, but I didn't really have a whole lot going on. We were doing $350,000 in sales, and we have been doing $350,000 in sales for the past two or three years, which, looking back, I'm like, man, why weren't we doing millions of dollars? Right. Because <laughs> uh, we didn't have the right uh, mindset, really, and I was young. Um and dumb but anyways found Scott and I gave you an offer and you chewed it up and spit it out and said not not anything close to what I would did, what did I would that a couple for. of times yep yeah I think it's a true testament too you know and I've done this multiple times by the way multiple employees that we have and I don't know if other people do this or not but when I saw something in you and I'm I was like this guy well first of all I think too when you're when you want to hire your first salesperson in your company, it makes a lot more sense to hire somebody that does not need their hand held and you don't have For to sure. babysit them yes. because otherwise all of your time is going to be spent coaching and babysitting. But then again, as you realize now, that comes with time with a salesperson. You know, oh, yeah. Up, up front, everybody is unsure and they're stumbling but they get to a point to where all of a sudden everything clicks and I'm going okay well shoot I can do this Yeah. and I had already reached that level a long time ago before you and I ever met sure no yeah you had a lot of experience selling exclusion work and actually that's not why we hired you we hired you to grow our pest control side but I quickly realized you're really good at selling exclusion work and i was hoping that you would realize that and uh you know don't bite the hand that feeds you why why in the world would i take that away from you if you're killing it yeah um and you clearly enjoyed it so we were like i hey, will just roll with that um so you know i can i can honestly say this i know for a fact if we did not hire you, there's no way we would have been able to grow as fast as we did. Because what you did was you built a a uh, foundation for us in Jacksonville that allowed us to hire teams of employees. So we went from having uh, when we when you started with us, how many employees did we have? Two or three? You had two or three, yeah, not many at all. So I think it was TJ and Jeremy. Is that right? I don't remember Jeremy. I remember so TJ, and he, Jeremy he didn't just stick left. around very long at all. He went on to something else. So it's TJ and who was the other guy? I don't remember. I don't recall. Darian? Darian. Was it Darian? Darian, yes. Okay. So Darian did exclusion work for us. TJ um, did trapping and a little bit of sales and exclusion work. He was the first person I ever hired. Great guy. I still know him now. Uh, we always called him Tom, though. But you, so you came in, and that was in September of 2015. In 2016, I, you know, basically the the 
whole part of 2015, I was creating plans. And then 2016, or 2015, you came in the picture. And then 2016, I rolled out those plans, which was, uh, you know, universal takeover, dominate dominate yes, the world plan. Absolutely. Um, and we hired two people we won't mention and a, and a bunch of other people. There's a lot of two people, people that we won't aren't mention. worth mentioning. And then a lot of other great people. Um, and uh, we, we grew our business. All of those two, two people we won't mention, they did do a great job for us. Um, they just didn't, you know, in the long run. Yeah. But uh, regardless of that, we were able to build because of your, your ability to, to sell. You know, you get the revenue first and you can hire people around that revenue because now you know there's a safety net there you know that the, the money's going to be there for payroll the money's going to be there to to keep that rolling um and we steadily increased our sales we went from a, a three hundred thousand dollar business with uh, you know a very small service area we expanded the service area a little bit and then in 2016 we grew that you know we basically doubled uh locally and then the next year we uh, nearly doubled again in 2017. So I guess my question for you, Scott, is in 2015, and I gave you that first offer to come work for us, and it was, by the way, the offer I think was minimum wage, um, and then it was like 12% commission or something like that, or 10% commission or something along those lines. and you said no, which is understandable because you were making more money mm-hmm. at your other job at Scott's. Yes. Yeah. Um, Scott's Lawn Care. And you were doing door-to-door sales? I was indeed. Working my butt off, walking a million miles a day, but still dominating the field. <laughs> <laughs> and I was in great shape from walking so much, too. <laughs> oh, you still are now. Uh, but... You, you. Why, why did you? Why did you want to leave Scotts? So, because they don't even yeah, exist anymore. Yeah, so, so you can talk all yeah, that crap. So yeah, want. that's right. They they actually sold to a company that they used to cuss. True greed. So you know, listen. Obviously, <laughs> it's all about the money. That's it. But let me, I'm gonna back up something. So Kyle comes to me. I don't know this guy from anybody and but he offered me a free meal and i'm going well hell yeah i gotta eat so I oh met, yeah i took you on a date yeah we went to bj's that night and it was great i enjoyed it and i really enjoyed sitting down and talking to you but here's the thing whenever you're making a decision it's not all about who is interviewing you if you give a crap at all about who you are or where you want to be you want to interview them too so i know he was interviewing me he was trying to figure out was i all that these people had said that i was but to be truthful i was there to interview him and i gotta say kyle by the end of the night i was thoroughly impressed i went back to my wife and i said oh my god i found somebody that wants to do exactly what i want to do yeah and they want to do it the same way Yep. But then again, I came back to you and says, you know something, thank you for the offer, but that kind of sucks. I'm not interested Well, that's all. all part of negotiation. Yeah. And so I think you <laughs> did that a couple of two or three times. And finally, towards the end, still, still, really, it sucked. 
it just really wasn't there. But here's the thing, and this is what I want everybody to hear. This man came to me with what I thought at that time was a crappy offer, but I knew me, and I knew the plan that was in front of me should I desire to take it. And I said to myself, you know something? It's not about Kyle Waltz. It's not about First Coast Wildlife. It's about me. Because Kyle Waltz doesn't determine what I sell. I determine what I sell. Thank you. And so, sure, I'll take mayo. Give salt and pepper over here. Salt and pepper's up top, and I'll get ketchup. Mustard. And so, what I said is, it's up up to me completely. And I said, okay, all right, let's do this. I'm going to step out of the limb because I know me and I know the confidence that he had given me. And so I stepped out. And literally, as I'm sure, Kyle, that you can say, literally, right off the bat, it happened just exactly as I thought it would happen. And the sales were coming in. And I was I was sending it off to you, and I, you know I can only hope that you sat back and said, "Damn, jokes went about well, this fool." But no, listen, well, listen, you've you've got to believe in you. Otherwise, you will never be anything. Oh, I totally agree. You know what? I remember um, the beginning of 2016, um, having a talk with TJ, who was you know. Uh, he, he was thinking about leaving and yeah. um, not that it was a wrong decision or anything on his part. He was just ready to go a different direction and he was a, a young man. So full respect for him. But I remember telling TJ as he was telling me, you know, he's going to be leaving the company basically. Um, I was like, TJ, you know, when you came working for us, we did $200,000 in sales. I said, we're going to do a million dollars in sales. Yeah. And that was in, that was right before my honeymoon. So that was in March of 2016 and he was like a million and you I said, did i said we're gonna do a million dollars in sales well we were on track to do it it was only three months in and uh sure enough we did one million forty thousand yeah so that was pretty cool but yeah obviously we there the confidence level was there we were on the same page it felt like most of the time with standards and quality and and uh if we could get the work done you would sell it um, and that's that's basically what happened. Mm-hmm. But uh, why? What what you know? Working, going to work from, from a uh, you know what was Scott's doing? Three hundred million dollars, two hundred million dollars when they when you were working for yeah, him? Yeah, probably. Pro- so probably you, you when went, I was leaving them to what you had already experienced. Yeah. You, you you were you were working with a company that was doing over a hundred million dollars a year in sales. Why in the world would you come work for a company that was doing $300,000 a year in sales? So the reason that I did it was twofold. Number one, I knew me. I knew what I had done, and I knew what I was capable of. Any salesman needs to know what they are capable of. And, of course, on top of this, you know, Kyle and I had had an opportunity to sit down for free meals. I love free and discuss everything so that I knew exactly who I was going to work for. And Kyle, as you remember, some of that was a matter of, you know, we need to change this and do it this way. 
because I've been doing this for so long. I, I really believe that it needs to be, and you agree. Yeah, look. So, I mean, why would I take, I'm going to take advice from people that have more experience. Sure. So with that agreement and from where I had came from, I knew good and well that within a reasonable amount of time, I didn't realize just exactly how quickly reasonable. I, maybe I sh- underestimated, but really quickly, we had met our goals and, and gone past it. How is everything okay? Very good, thank you. No, we did, we got there fast. Um, and so you, so you, st- you, you obviously you're still with the company now. So yeah. we, we built it up. You trained a ton of salespeople. I don't know how many of our salespeople you trained. You, do you, could you put a number on that? No, there was a bunch of them. And you know, as you 20 or 30, you think? Probably 20 or 30. And as you recall, I would always call you back within a day or two and I would tell you, I really like this guy. Of course, listen, they got to like themselves and make the decision. But a lot of times I would call back and say, no, no possible way this will work. Mm-hmm. This guy just doesn't have a minute, have it in him. Listen, you can hire anybody to do anything, but if they don't have it in them, yeah. it's going to be a fit. No, and and that's, that's where that came from. So with that being said, ton of experience seeing a lot of different salespeople and since you've worked for us you've been our top salesperson every single year um i mean i i think i see obvious differences i think so <laughs> while we've been on this trip i won't say how much but you've closed a lot of big sales this week while we're we're on you're on a quote unquote vacation um, so I think that's that's an obvious difference between what an average guy would probably do. Um, but what do you think is the differences and in, in why well, you I, I can dominate tell, your, your competitors? I, I can tell you that really easily. So if you asked my wife, I've been married for 38 years, if you asked her, she would gladly tell you that I am a workaholic. But no, that is not true. I am not a workaholic. It's just that I love what I'm doing. And it's because I, I know the, the powers that I work for. I know what they stand for. And I know the foundation that they've placed under me and the trust that they've placed under me. I know how they're going to do it. And they're going to do it the way I say to do it. You know, I write the prescription. The pharmacy can only fill it. They've got to do it my way. That's very important. When you're doing what we're doing, you have to be extremely confident in your inspection, in your decision on how to go. Because if you don't know it, nobody knows it. It all starts and stops with the salesmen in our industry. Yeah, you're right. If if they suck, the company sucks. Mm -hmm. Um, So... I'm very confident. Of course, I've got a lot of years of, of failing and learning. And if I'm confident, it's up to me to present everything and trust that the guys that are doing the work after me 
do it properly. And of course, listen, I'm the guy that will go and check. I am, and, and quite often I've had technicians that would call me and say, seriously, dude, why in the heck are you so picky? Well, it's because the customer gave me a check and they trusted me. And if something goes wrong, they're not going to call you. They're going to call me. Yep. So you've got to own it. You've got to own it from the beginning. You've got to own it to the end. And you've got to know this. There is no end. Because when they're taken care of, they're telling their neighbors who to and who not to call. I want to make sure that that relationship never ends. So own what you're doing or get out of the business. If you, if you can't belly up to the bar and own what you're doing, then you don't need to be in it. Now listen, this this is not for everybody, but if you will wrap your head around it, it is definitely for you. Well, I think, so really by doing that, you're more likely to get repeat customers. Absolutely. And referrals. So that's that's one way that's right. that you sell more than, than some people, but I think it goes a lot deeper than that. A referral is far better than somebody seeing you on the internet and calling in. Oh yeah. Because they've been told how wonderful you are. They've either told they've either been told how great you are mm-hmm. or how bad you suck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do. Let, let's hope that's how great you are. Yeah. So that's the best that's the best advertisement in the world. But what I've seen, because I look at a lot of proposals every day from our salespeople and the one thing that I always noticed about you when I was looking at your proposals, which I don't anymore, but I used to when you still work for me, um, the uh, the size, your, the average size of your proposal was always bigger than anyone else's. I, th- I think if we would have sent the same salesperson or inspector or whatever you want to call them out to a house to do an inspection and provide a proposal, and I think your proposal nine times out of ten would be two to six thousand dollars more and the reason isn't because you increased your prices it's because you found more things that need to need to be taken care of so I've always said that if you're going out there number one you know what you're dealing with you know uh, I'm good I'm good so you know what you're dealing with and so let's just say that you're dealing with with rats which is always the high spot of our industry. You must know how the rat thinks. Otherwise, they're going to beat you. They just are. You know, they're going to look at something, oh, yeah, he missed that. If you if you go out there and you propose 99% of the possible job, then you haven't proposed anything. Because all they need is 1% and you lose. You can't afford to lose. You have got to be the dominator here. You've got to think like what it is that you're going after and you got to be better than them. So, you uh, just simply have been able to find more entry points. The, the yep. first quote that I still say today to our salespeople that you told me in 2015 
more is better. Absolutely, always more is better. And you got to look at it this way: if you're going to sell, if you're selling exclusion, you're, you're in, the intention is to prevent animals from getting inside. Yeah. So you want to reduce the possibility of animals getting inside, which means the the quote "more is better." It's going to offer a higher level of prevention than obviously doing less. You know, even though that that one area that you you tell the customer needs to be taken care of is a very unlikely area to be breached, it's still a possibility. That's right. And because so. of the possibility, you got to do it. Absolutely. And let, let me clarify this: when we say more is better, we're not talking about more Price. more money is better. And listen. Listen, man, I'm 63 years old. I've got everything paid off. Yeah, you bet your butt. More money is better. But that's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about is if I can go up, you know, there's a lot of companies out there, and they'll fill a hole up with steel wool and spray foam, which is ridiculous because steel wool they can chew through and spray foam is cellulose, or I'm sorry, it's... um. I'm going to think of it's actually a food base. Soy. It's soy base. Thank you, Kyle. Which literally it's drawing them. So, first of all, you wrap your head around it. So, I can go up and seal off a hole with hardware cloth. Hardware cloth is fantastic. But if I can do that, why wouldn't I put hardware cloth and fiberglass cement? Because when, when it comes to more is better, the thought process is this. I want to fix this one time. The next time I hear from this customer, I want to hear, oh my gosh, good job. Listen, Sally, my next door neighbor, she needs to hear from you. Because we did more. When we could have done less, which is what our competitors will do, we did more. Didn't cost us any more, we just did it because we wanted to make absolutely sure that when we were done, we were done. Well, you know, also from the customer's perspective, think about, I mean, I sold my house, but I was a homeowner, you're a homeowner. Um, if I had somebody, if I was getting multiple quotes, let's say I had two companies come out, one company offered, let's say I had 10 soft events that were open, and the rest of my soft events just have the this plastic screen on them, and they're they're not breached. Um, the first company only recommends doing ten soft events, and the second company recommends doing all of them, and explains to me why the other company never brought that up to me. Never brought up the fact that squirrels can chew, or rats can chew, or raccoons can get through those other soft events. Never told me about the risks involved if I only do part of it rather than all of it and I have to piecemeal this thing over time uh, ne never brought those things up so I think from a consumer's perspective it makes more sense to tell everything to tell everybody everything up front Absolutely. rather than have to tell them after it became a problem That's now there's right. a chance that, that those animals will never get through those other soffit vents that are that are covered with plastic um, but if it does happen, I'm gonna I'm gonna call that company and say, hey, well, why didn't you guys seal these off? And you're gonna say, well, it wasn't a problem. And I'm gonna say, you don't know what you're doing, right? 
if if there is a chance that it won't become a problem, there's also equally or more so a chance that it will become a problem. That's why it is up to us to know what in the heck that we're doing. I mean, seriously, we are not in the business to sell band-aids. If somebody come in on an ambulance and they have their leg hanging on by a thread, are you going to give them a band-aid? Are you going to give them a surgeon? No, you're not going to give them a band-aid. You're going to fix the dang problem. You're going to put them back together, bolt the bone back in place, sew all the flesh back in place, and the guy within a you know, year or so, he's going to be walking. Otherwise, they're going to cut that leg off, and he's going to be an amputee. Bless all those amputees out there. And he's going to be struggling for the rest of his life. These customers call us because they need, they desire somebody that they can trust. Yeah. And, and if you are selling them a Band-Aid, then listen, man, wake up, look in the mirror. They can't trust you. Well, You're not there to sell them a little bit. You are sell, there to sell them. To, you are there to fix the problem. Let's, let's, let's get away from the sell them. You were there to fix their problem. They called you for that because they were hoping for somebody that they trust. It's up to you now to earn that trust. Yeah. And we've seen that over and over and over again. It makes a huge difference. Thank you. Um, so, kind of change, change gears a little bit because I talk a lot about acquisitions and, uh, you know, we sold off the branch that you did all the sales at and we really did sales in multiple branches technically. Um, and I've said this on, on previous episodes that it doesn't make sense for me to sell any part of the company or all of the company unless it truly benefits everybody involved. So that that's, includes the employees, because especially in our industry, we're a one-time service. The, the, the buyer in an acquisition for a wildlife business, they're really, they're, they're purchasing the people that are gonna be running that business. And that, that revenue, a lot of times, it's dependent on those people to stay and continue to to run the business. Um, And this is not a commercial for McCall service at all, but I would say that they've done a really good job um, in the acquisition. Now, it hasn't been a year yet, but as far as from an employee's perspective, what's been your experience during that transition going from working just for me to now you got multiple chiefs over there calling the shots and uh, you know is it has it been a positive experience so, so of course for me because I've been through some transitions like this before and some of them just absolutely sucked do you want to mention it, those no I, I, <laughs> I could but it really would benefit me in no way but here here's the point in all that and then I'm gonna get back to the subject it really doesn't matter 
because it's not based on who I work for. It's based on me. Listen, I, I am, this may sound a little cocky, and if it does, I, I apologize, but. Nobody would ever call you cocky. Okay, thank you, Kyle, I appreciate it. Listen, I am the value, because you can pull anybody off the street, and they just, they don't know until they know. They will, there will be a day that they know, but until that happens, but after 45 years of doing what I do, listen, I just know. Do I ever have a hiccup? Yeah, sometimes I have a hiccup. No, never. But for me, though, selling off to a new company, of course, initially I thought to myself, oh my gosh, here we go again. I got to train somebody new, literally. Well, because, because they didn't, listen, they bought. First Coast Wildlife because they saw a value in having that that tool in their shed. And so, you know, there's there's some training to be done on either side. But I've got to tell you, for me now in the position that I'm in, my gosh, man, it's been great. I love what I do. I love the majority of those that I work for. We have developed uh, a camaraderie that that just is great, and I don't have any problems at all. Um, there, you know, uh, I, I, I hate, I hate, <laughs> I hate not seeing Kyle's face every morning. But listen, for me, listen, I get out of the bed in the morning because I got bills to pay. Now, thankfully for me, I don't have too many of them, but still, I get out because I love what I'm doing, and I still. Even after the change, I love what I am doing. No, yeah, it's. Uh, I think we have a, a great leadership team over there. Um, they handle everything very well. Yes, it's the transition. Um, and I'll, I'll point out one thing, and I can't. I can't say specifics, but um, this is your best sales year to date. It is. You know, for me. And I would have never have thought this looking back at some of the past crap. Literally for me, you know, I consider myself blessed. You know, I get up in the morning and, and I pray for God's blessings every day, but I consider myself blessed. If I can look back to when I was a teenager, every year is better. Every year is better, and it's because I have taken on the task of learning from where I'm at now so that I can better myself later. And for me as a salesman, you know, we had this conversation before we even started this recording is, we have all been salesmen from day one. When, When we came out of our mother's womb, we knew what we want and we had to figure out how to get it. We were selling. Yeah, oh yeah, I was selling. And so it's, it's just been a different a different task all along and hopefully we've gotten better but no listen for me every year is the best year and this year is no change it is a fantastic year i love what i'm doing i love where i'm at and and you know listen it's 63 years old most people would think well old codger why have the heck up haven't you retired it's simply because i love what i'm doing i don't want to retire Listen, I'm going to tell you what, I could take a week off and sit at home and go crazy. 
because I need to be out there. I need to be mixed up in it. Yeah. Um, you got to have it in your blood. Well, I would say we don't give the acquisition enough credit if we don't mention that I think a lot of the increase in sales because the synergies between a pest control company and a wildlife control company. Absolutely. Being able to sell to their pest control customers. For sure. It kind of opens exactly up the right. door. Yeah, it certainly increased because the opportunity increased. There was more that I had before, and um, you know you got to be willing to take advantage of that. And like just like you talking about, you know, taking care of your customers, your wildlife customers, um, to get referrals, and how the referral from them is a much easier close yeah. than a, a stranger from the internet. Yes, it is. It's the same thing with pest control referrals. You know, pest control customers that have been with a company. Uh, for you know, 5, 10, 15, 20 years. Yeah. I'm sure there's some there's some customers that they have that have been over there probably for more than 50 years. Um, but you know, those, those referrals, I think, are an easier close. They are indeed because they already... They already have a sense of trust before they ever dial the phone. So, you know, yeah, it definitely makes it easier for me. So, Yeah, and I, I tell people all the time, if you own a wildlife company, you should be selling pest control. And if you own a pest control company, you should be selling wildlife control because they they benefit each other. They complement each other. It's all all one and the same. Yep. Well, it's a, there's, there's a lot of reasons why, but... Um, just to name a few, there's uh, there's there's a lot of advantages. So I think so for you now, you went from a three hundred thousand dollar little micro business to now working for a multi 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 million dollar business. Yes. Um, how much? So like when, when you I guess we want to get into the the change with McCall, but when you went into when you were working for us, and we went from you know three hundred thousand to we were doing a little over a million dollars a year in Jacksonville, just just with our branch there. Um, did you think that it was a tough change to kind of go through that? You know, actually, it was not. It was a very easy change, and I think that's because you know I was slow to make that decision. But by the time that I'd made the decision, I had wrapped my head around it. And from from the gate, I knew which direction that I wanted to go. Mm-hmm. And and you, of course, never held me back at all. If not. anything, you pushed me. Said, yeah, do that. Go ahead. You know. Yeah. So you know, <laughs> you gotta get you gotta have somebody backing you too. So uh, yeah, thank you for doing that. Oh, for sure. Well, you, I think one thing I learned early on is if people have a skill set let them do their job yeah get out of their way exactly. let them let them do their job Thomas, would you like teas to go uh yeah. no I don't want one no half and half yeah but no it's uh it was pretty eye opening when I started trying you know it's still I still don't I'm not perfect but you start managing differently and you start just kind of letting people do their thing which is really hard to do when you're used to doing it all yourself, yeah, but of once I, you know, for for you, I realized this guy has probably higher standards than me as far as exclusion quality goes and customer satisfaction goes. 
which which was one of your strengths is making sure that every customer was taken care of that you sold. So I'm like, it's better off that he handled that than than me handle that, uh, and that bought that bought me time and allowed me to go do other things to grow the business. Um, you can't have your hand in everything. For sure. So, uh, no man, I appreciate you and you. Uh, you you've been a blessing. And one thing I'll add too is that I was going to mention earlier is that I had to call on you multiple times, gave you multiple offers to get you to work for us because I realized you were somebody that I wanted on my team. Yeah. Right? And we've done that multiple times in multiple branches. Yeah. Like, for instance, uh, an individual um, that worked for us in Birmingham he was recruited as a you know just like a, a repair technician just doing exclusion work sure. he moved up quickly moved up to sales then quickly moved up to like an assistant manager and then now he's you know running a, a new branch for sure. us in, in Colorado so um, you know I think pe- people when they are hiring and they're looking to grow their business if they see somebody because I you wouldn't have come work for us if I never reached out to you again. That's a fact. So if you see somebody that you want, just like you see a sale you want to close, you should be following up you even should. after they say no. Yeah, Try. No. I, I I would call you like once well, a month. It it the no means absolutely nothing until they've got somebody else doing the job. I mean that's it. Yeah. It's not done until it's done. Well, and let me let me say this about something that you said too. That, you know, you came to me and you came to me and you came to me, and finally, I may have said this earlier, and if, if so, shut me up. But you came to me because you wanted me, and I I I, I never really liked anything until finally the day that I come to my senses and I says, you know something, it doesn't matter what he's offering me. It really doesn't matter. I'm a salesman. Oh, so I should have paid you less. Yeah, yeah so, th- yeah, that's <laughs> dying stupid. So, I-, I said to myself, I am a salesman, and if I'm worth my weight, then it is up to me how much money I make. You know, I knew what he was offering, but the way I look at it is I'm going to go out there and I'm going to impress the socks off this guy, and sooner or later he's going to offer me a better package. And, of course, based on commission, it's up to me where my limit is. And there's not a limit. You yeah. g- you go until there's no more time to go. Yeah. And you just keep doing it. Um, so my point is this. Your value is not in what somebody is willing to pay you. Your value is up to you. Yeah, it's you create you. your own value. It is up to you. Listen, I, I'm in a position right now where I pretty much owe anybody nothing. I, I am completely independent so that I don't have the pressures of debt telling me what my decision is so I can do whatever I want to do. Um, I don't retire at 63 when most people are doing, I don't know, sitting on a dog on a chair, getting fat and wishing <laughs> they had enough energy to get up and go fishing. I don't retire simply because I love what I'm doing. And I know I'm good at it. But the thing is, is you don't base it on what you're offered. You base it on what you think you're worth. Yeah. 
for sure. Definitely agree. Well, appreciate it. Uh, we're going to close out this podcast. Hopefully it benefited somebody that's thinking about hiring their first salesperson. That was my first salesperson. So hope you all enjoy it. Thank you for listening to today's episode. It was brought to you by Conserve. Do you run a wildlife removal business and feel like you have no freedom? You're taking the phone calls, you're doing the services, and you just don't have enough free time for yourself. Are you ready to double or triple the size of your company and build a business that can run and grow without you while steadily increasing your profits? Well, Conserve partners with businesses just like yours all over the country, and together we are building a fast-growing business around your goals and lifestyle. We can reduce your operating costs, we can increase your sales, and give you, the owner, more freedom and help you build a business that runs and grows without you. To set up an initial consultation, email us at growth at conservemail.com. That's G-R-O-W-T-H at C-O-N-S-E-R-V-M-A-I-L dot com.